0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.
0: Among all the reams of commentary and analysis that get written on a daily basis, sometimes all it takes is one stark image to cut through it all and perfectly sum up the political moment.
2: I did him once as a as a lying toad, you know, with a toad lying back, you know, a glass of wine and, uh, and sort of partying.
0: The legendary Peter Brooks has been drawing political cartoons for The Times since the early 80s and officially became its political cartoonist 31 years ago. At 80, he's almost old enough to stand in the American elections, but thankfully for us, he's still spending his days skewering politicians with his sketches. He's drawn nine prime ministers, captured eight elections railed against failing governments and controversial wars. And he's had to deal with the fallout.
2: Whatever you say, if it criticises the war effort, you get damned for it. And you even get accused of anti-Semitism. I'm not an anti-Semite.
0: In an age where finding the balance between satire and offence can be as dangerous as walking a tightrope, it's the political cartoonist's job to speak truth to power and not to pull their punches.
2: Every cartoon that you do, start thinking, oh, I better not do that because people might think of it as this or that. If you stop to think like that, you lay yourself open to things that you just can't see.
0: You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, Peter Brooks on cartoons and controversies. Peter, would you mind just moving slightly closer to the mic? All
2: right, okay.
0: Um, Is and. That it? Tell us where you've come in from this morning and what you had for breakfast. I came in from Greenwich.
2: I had a poached egg on toast for my breakfast. Oh, lovely. Which I have most days. That's very nice and very good start to the day. It is a good start to the day, I think. It's very civilized. It is. (laughs) Although I'm not.
0: I mean, you are a much-loved part of the paper. A lot of people will immediately turn to the cartoon to sort of see w- w- what it is. When you're describing what a political cartoonist does, how would you put it? What is the mission statement?
2: Well, I do get asked this, and um, I think David Lowe, who's one of the great, political cartoonist of the 20th century, if not the greatest. He really was brilliant. He worked for the Evening Standard and for the Manchester Guardian, as it was then. He always said that a political cartoonist is the permanent opposition. So whoever's in power, (laughs) whoever's in power, and you want to give them a good kicking for whatever reason, you know, for something they've come up with, some policy, some faux pas, some idiotic thing that politicians often do, you give him a good kicking, whoever it is. And that was his um, thinking. And, and there's another strand to it as, as well, and that is that political cartooning is satire. And I've always thought that the purpose of satire, or its function, is to wound. Mm. And if you're not wounding, you're not performing satire's function. And therefore, you've got to wound. It's not just a matter of laughing. It's not the sort of cartoon that needs people to laugh at. Sometimes humour is quite black
1: hmm. and
2: uh, dark, and there are so many awful things happening in the world. And so to get humour out of that is a little bit fanciful and a little bit silly, and you don't try to do it. But you can get black humour out of it. You, you can use wit, and um, that's what we do, really, as political cartoonists.
0: I mean, in the yeah. current political climate, who do you really relish being able to have the chance to draw? Who were who the fun characters to, to portray?
2: Actually, I'm very glad. I can say who, again, is a fun character, and that's Cameron, because ah. he's come back. And I always used to love drawing Cameron. Really? Yeah, yeah, I did, because he had a very, very Tory face, slick back hair, and he had shiny cheeks like apples you know and um, shiny red cheeks and his eyes were like I always compared them to poached eggs in a in a pan <laughs> They were sort of wide circles of white with a little pin dot in the middle and a tiny little mouth and uh, you know sort of unblemished skin and all of that so he had a very Tory face and it was good to draw him and I drew him from 2010 onwards I drew him with Nick Clegg as public school boys, and I had them all dressed up in all their Eton type of finery, waistcoats, decorated waistcoats, all that sort of stuff that they wear there. And Clegg, he had to run around doing everything that Cameron, who was head of school, demanded, and uh, and which was the the point politically as well. You see, that works because well. um, I hoped it did, and I think it did, because it ran for about five years. And I did this most times that I drew them uh, or drew Cameron, but. The funny thing about it for me was that I gathered that he didn't see it as being a sort of criticism or a a mocking of him. He always saw it as being purely a mocking of Clegg, which it was, but it was was both of them. You know, it was both of them. And the other time that I um, enjoyed drawing um, political uh, leaders of parties was Ed Miliband about the same time. And I always drew him from the time he became leader of the Labour Party as Wallace of Wallace and <laughs> Gromit, because he he just looked like Wallace to me. And he had the same sort of grin, you know, it's a toothy grin. And
0: slightly like flat He had
2: hair, which Wall- Wallace yeah. didn't have, but I gave him hair, so that was fine. And it's like the, the flat eyes. Flat, sort
0: of were monotone, unexciting voice. Yes, <laughs> yes,
2: yes, yes, exactly. And there are other favourites that uh, I've enjoyed who are now well, in this case, uh, sadly, dead and gone, Prince Philip and, and the Queen. They were always great to draw, he particularly, simply because not only do I like drawing uniforms, and he walked, but he was always putting his foot in it. And she was always there in my cartoons with her hands over her eyes, you know. Thinking,
0: in despair. Oh, you know, Yeah, in
2: despair, <laughs> think, oh God, what's he said now, or what's he going to say next? There was always that side to it so that was that was always great um it's a so fun you,
0: dynamic to play with
2: yeah 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 and do you know in the last year or so it's not been the same at all and of course we've had johnson who was great to draw and great to, was he oh yeah and he was great to attack you know the messes he got everyone into apart from himself and the party that he led for cartoonists he was he was great as is trump you know the same sort of thing
0: and what is it that makes them such a joy? I mean, because you have to sort of be able to, to watch them so closely. You, you spot the thing that, that makes them them yeah. uh, and, and somehow sort of exaggerate it. You find great analogy. I mean, you did Boris as a pig at times. Oh, I've joined you know, him as
2: all sorts ha- of things, yeah.
0: What is it that makes them such a joy?
2: Well, it's quite straightforward. I mean, the more appalling they are, they are and the worse they are for the world, the better it is for us <laughs> as cartoonists. I'm afraid that's the way it works. It's a terrible thing to have to admit and talk about, but it is true. You don't delight in these people being in power, but on the other hand, you really regret it when they are out. Not quite in Johnson's case, because then we had Liz, we Truss. Had Liz Truss. Now, she was one person I really do miss because I was so looking forward to months and months and months, if not you know years, of her total and absolute mismanagement of the whole country and it was going bad (laughs) a gift
0: to a satirist a
2: total gift a total gift it was quite something and after a month of this i was thinking oh wow this is going to be something for the next 12 (laughs) 12 months and then you know hey presto she was gone so i miss her in that way she wasn't great it wasn't easy to draw but she would have got easier to draw as time went on or fit more into the disaster mode that she was you know already inhabiting. Um
0: what do you make of the current government? Are they quite fun to draw? Well
2: no, they're not. They're not at all. And the reason for that is when Sunak took over from Liz Truss, he was elected leader because they wanted a period of stability and they wanted a period of normal
0: relative eh, calm. Relative
2: calm. Relative calm. Um, And that's boring for a cartoonist, (laughs) I'm afraid to say. And he, he, in many ways, epitomizes boredom in terms of professionally, from my point of view. Not great. The only thing that stands out about him is, uh, if you can say height stands out, or lack of height (laughs) stands out, He is quite small and he is quite waif like in terms of not much meat on him. And also, he wears very short trousers, which, <laughs> I'm, which I'm always drawing. And that's about the only thing about him that is um, remarkable, if you like. Um, but the wheels have started to come off and mm. he's more petulant and things are not going right. And, uh, you know, in the aftermath of the Rwanda vote, for example, People still telling him it's not going to work, no chance, and this, that, and the other, and they're concentrating on it to the detriment of anything else that they should be worrying about. But of course, you know, once uh, Braverman became Home Secretary, all sorts of evils were unleashed.
0: <laughs> Was Suella Braverman a fun character to to satirise? She, she
2: wasn't fun. You know, she was just outrageous in the way that she used language, and she's one of those people. And I think there are several that you can apply this to. Who a lot of people will say, but you know, in real life, she's charm itself. She's terribly nice, and uh, well, she may be, but it doesn't come across like that if you're if you're a cartoonist.
0: You you drew her as Cruella De Vil. Was that quite satisfying?
2: I do a series of cartoons called Naturelets, which. Uh, Using politicians as animals or plants or flora and fauna, anyway, and doing a sort of cod natural history print, really. And I did her as a vampire bat, and she made a very good one, as far as I was concerned. (laughs) Her teeth, her fangs, were in uh, Sunak's neck. You know, as vampire bats uh, are reputed to um, (laughs) to to to, to be.
0: Whenever I see those nature notes, um, I, I always I read them. With the voice of David Attenborough in
2: my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's good. Oh good, yeah. I wish I could. Uh, wish my writing in them were as uh, specifically good as his <laughs> descriptions. Um, I do it far less frequently, simply because, well, two reasons. One, I'm kind of running out of animals to <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to to keep drawing and, and politicians to keep inhabiting the skins of these animals. But the other thing is that you can't really use it when that form of cartooning when the subject is as serious, for example, as Israel-Gaza. Yeah. It just doesn't fit into that degree of, you know, cataclysm or, or, or awful, you know, subject matter. So you don't try it like that.
0: When something like Israel-Gaza comes up and it's so much worse than just normal antics in Westminster, yeah. how do you deal with that? in cartoon form.
2: Well, you deal with it seriously. Mm. It's what I was saying earlier about black humor or no humor at all. I mean, you're dealing with it as a subject that needs to be commented on as a visual thing as opposed to writing about it. And how else you deal with it? Well, it just seems to me, particularly in that case, Israel Gaza, you have to follow your own instinct and not worry too much what the reaction will be it's so divisive mm. you're not <laughs> you're not going to please both sides and that you shouldn't be doing cartoons which are even handed which um you know say on the one hand this on the other hand that you don't do that uh, you just say what you believe this is wrong or uh, this could work maybe or I can't see what the end to this is going to be, or whatever question it is that's popped into your head about it, and if it's civilian bombing in the case of some of the cartoons I've done, you absolutely rail against it and say how, which everyone knows how horrific it is, but on the other hand, uh, one side are persisting with it because that is the route to their war aim, to reaching their war aim, which is the end of Hamas.
0: And when a war pops up, you may find a way of reflecting a war zone in the background, but you know those aren't the images that you're going to draw. How do you decide what to focus on? How do you decide where to find the dark humour or the way to, to, to make a point? Well, are you still looking, you know, as you would with Westminster? Are you still looking for like the ludicrous character in it? Or
2: no, I mean sometimes things happen. I mean things like Kissinger died.
0: The former U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger has died at the age of a hundred.
2: He was lauded after he died for being, you know, sort of, the, you know, the most effective diplomat that's been for many, many years.
1: Henry Kissinger served Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, and was consulted by presidents of both parties on international issues throughout his life.
2: He also did <laughs> appalling things in terms of, you know, bombing uh, civilians. Kissinger had legions of critics, some calling him a war criminal for bombing Cambodia and prolonging the Vietnam War. And I made a, a comparison between that and what's going on now with Netanyahu. I had a picture of Kissinger on the wall and looking at him was Netanyahu. And Netanyahu was saying, you taught me all I know. And you don't often get this, but this particular picture spoke. <laughs> and it was Kissinger said about diplomacy, and Netanyahu says no, about bombing civilians. And that was the point I wanted to get across, if you like, kill two birds with one stone.
0: What was the reception to that cartoon? Did you get sort of much of a, a, a reaction?
2: I think the reaction was, you know, pretty marked, yes. And a couple of things about it. One, it was enough to get the feedback column to lead that next Saturday on the controversy about that particular cartoon and what it caused. And also, because I am and have been really a supporter of Israel, I mean, I've always sort of had a an instinctive support for Israel and what it, its needs and its hopes and its fears, basically. I'm not Jewish, but for some reason, it becomes obvious to me that, you know, they are in a dire position, have been for many, many years, for decades, because they are facing people like Hamas. And as you saw on October the 7th, that's what Hamas duly went and, and showed the world. But having said that, I knew it would cause a fuss amongst supporters of Israel because whatever you say, if it criticizes the war effort, you get damned for it Mm. and you even get accused of anti-Semitism. I'm not an anti-Semite. It wasn't anti-Semitic at all. It was critical of Netanyahu and the war cabinet and their decisions to bomb the hell out of the civilian population of Gaza. That's what it was critical of. And the difficulty, I suppose, cartoons have is that you can't have shades of opinion in a cartoon.
0: Coming up, when a cartoon can get you cancelled. That's in just a moment. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: I'm David Badil. I'm a writer and a
2: comedian and a Jew.
0: I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Most people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, we are going to go there.
2: I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there.
0: Find us wherever you get your podcasts. You talked to us earlier about the... Cartoon you did of Netanyahu and Kissinger, which was very punchy and got quite a reaction, but nobody said you shouldn't do it or you know refused to publish it. No. At the same time that the Guardian, Steve Bell was sacked over a cartoon he did of of Netanyahu. What did you make of that? Ah. What did you make of the cartoon? Firstly, uh,
2: what I made of the cartoon was I thought he was taking a bit of a risk.
0: Just just describe it for us. Well,
2: it was a picture of Netanyahu uh, stripped down to just below his waist. And he had a map of Gaza drawn onto where his appendix would be. But the point was that Steve Bell was referring to a cartoon by David Levine, who was an American caricaturist and cartoonist, who during the Vietnam War drew Johnson famously over there, drew Johnson with a scar on his stomach as the map of Vietnam. Mm. But that's what the cartoon was referring to. The Guardian took the view that he was pointing to this had to be cut out or something like that as a pound of flesh. In other words, he was making a an anti-Semitic comment, you know, sort of Shylock and all the rest of it, Jews, pound of flesh. And he wasn't. And I know he wasn't, because I've I've heard he wasn't. And uh, I've also sort of passed comment with him. And so it wasn't, I don't think, in any sense, anti-Semitic. He, he was saying that, you know, the bombing of Gaza in that particular fashion just wasn't acceptable. So,
0: he, he was sacked over that. Yes, I know. did but that it was sort of send a chill around No, it, it was
2: accumulative, cum, I think, because Steve had sort of uh, got up their noses for quite a long time over various different controversies that he'd been um, involved in with his cartoons. And you know, they probably thought they'd had enough. And that was it. And when I said he was taking a bit of a risk, I think he was expecting more people to understand what the reference was. And very few people would have been able to do that because they couldn't remember to a cartoon back then. We're talking about 1968 or something, was it? Something like that. Uh, It's a long time ago. And also probably not famous over here, certainly was in the States. And so he was being slightly obscure, I think, yeah. um, and uh, or quite obscure from my point of view.
0: There is just that danger, though, if you're a political cartoonist, in that you present an image and it's for other people almost to interpret it.
2: I don't think you can, every cartoon that you do, start thinking, oh, I better don't do that because people might think of it as this or that. If you sort of start, stop to think like that, you lay yourself open to things that you just can't see
0: it's it's difficult when you're expected to be quite vicious when you're supposed to wound to then be held to account for having caused offence have you ever had people who you've drawn complaining about your caricatures of them
2: no but the people who follow them generally (laughs) complain. really oh yeah they they do it themselves no, not really. I don't think, you know, my the ideas behind my cartoons are more important to me than mm. the way I draw people. But it's a bit like, you know, when you're commentating in, uh, with the written word. If you can write well, that helps your argument. And if you can draw well enough or as best as you can, that helps your argument. Um, that's the point, you know. And no, I'm not a caricature. Caricatur- but when you
0: draw, say, Boris Johnson as a as a pig. Do you ever get people getting in touch to say yeah, that wasn't like Oh
2: god, bad? yeah. You can also draw him. I mean, I did him once as a as a lying toad. You know, with a toad lying back, you know, a glass of wine and uh, sort of partying.
0: I mean, you'd actually worked for him at the Spectator. I did. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Did, did, he did he ever? You know, did he ever drop your text? Sort of saying, I, I didn't. I didn't like that cartoon. <laughs> no,
2: he didn't. But what he did do. What he did, and I actually, to be honest, for, for my sins, I can't, I can't remember the exact detail. It was a cover, and it was during the Tory leadership campaign. It was during the party conference. It was in Blackpool, and I had donkeys involved. David Davis was one of them, and there was well, certainly Cameron and one other. But the word Dave cropped up, and, I, and I, I did something else on it, and I can't remember what it was. But the next day... When I saw it came through the letterbox, it had changed. You know, he changed the wording on, on the drawing. And so I rang him up and I said, "Boris, you changed the drawing." He said, "What?" I said, "The drawing's changed. You've altered." He said, "No, no." I said, "You changed it." Oh, I suppose I might have done. Yes, I might have done. So it was like that. I laughed. You know, when I, I just laughed in, credulously, really, because no one had done that to my stuff before. I then knew, you know, he he tried to say he hadn't done it when he had. Point proved.
0: So you already knew a bit about his relationship with the truth. Yes. (laughs) This year is a big election year for both Britain and America. I imagine that's going to take up a lot of your time. Are they quite fun to draw?
2: Yes and no. I mean, the dangerous bit is doing it on election night because you don't know the result but generally people will know the morning after what the result is and of course you didn't when you did the drawing so you have to do this sort of fudged type of cartoon. how do you get around that well with great great difficulty really you just <laughs> find you just find a way and so that but that's at the end of the process beforehand you've got the sort of campaigning and everything which is great and and it's exciting
0: Is it difficult to sort of um, look at the, you know, if you looking at the polls, there's sort of a sense that we'll we'll have a, a new government at the end of it. When you look at Keir Starmer and his still quite sort of nondescript shadow cabinet, does that fill you with dread? Because you've, no. you know, you've got great characters you've been drawing all this time and suddenly you've got to start again and they're all a bit grey.
2: Oh, yes. No, 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 there is that. But I would say that I find Starmer is... I mean, we used to say, you know, who's boring to draw? <laughs> Keir Starmer. Uh, <laughs> That's but, what
0: I mean. He's terrible for a because, Only
2: because the, the people who are boring to draw tend to be boring in themselves or boring as they... Apparently, he's not. He's anything but. I mean, again, a bit like we are discussing with... Bravo-man. You know, she's quite different in a private persona than she is as a as a politician. And it's the same with Starmer, apparently, that he's, you know, very amusing and very uh, full of anecdote and all the rest of it. And now we just get, you know, my father was a toolmaker and, you know, you get the same stuff over and over again and we're going to get that a lot next year. But that said, I don't think all of the shadow cabinet are going to be that difficult. I mean, Angela Rayner is going to be a big star and you know, she's terrific to draw and she's um, going to do some <laughs> indiscreet things, perhaps say indiscreet things. I mean, because she says it as she sees it, you know? And so, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be great. And, uh, there are others that are, are going to be good to draw chancellor, new chancellor, first female chancellor. Wow. You know, looking forward to that black hair, you know, all domed round her head. I'd love to be able to find a way of drawing Starmer that depicts him in the way that, for example, I was doing Cameron with you know, the public school thing and, and Ed Miliband as Wallace, you know. I'd love to find a character that I can nail him as and, and keep him there. But I haven't done yet, I'll search for that. I'll search for that during the course of the year however long it's going to take us.
0: You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. With me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, the legendary political cartoonist for The Times, Peter Brooks. I could wax lyrical about Peter's work for hours, but if you want to go through some of his back catalogue, including cartoons of Boris Johnson as a pig and Suella Braverman as a bat, do log on to thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer today was Priyanka Delardia. The executive producers were Fiona Leach and James Shield. And sound design was by David Crackles. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.